Our second Testament reading is from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. You can find that in the New Testament section of your pew Bibles, Acts 8, 26 to 40. A fantastic, surprising story from the Acts of the Apostles brought via multi-voice reading. An angel from the Lord spoke to Philip. At noon, take a road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a lonely, deserted road. Yet he got up and went. Meanwhile, an Ethiopian was on his way home from Jerusalem, where he had been to worship. He was a eunuch, an official responsible for the entire treasury, all the finances of Candace. And Candace was the Ethiopian queen. The Ethiopian was reading the prophet Isaiah while sitting in his chariot. The spirit told Philip, Approach this chariot and stay with it. Running up to the chariot, Philip heard the Ethiopian reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you, do you really understand what you're reading here? The Ethiopian replied, He then invited Philip to climb up and sit with him. This was the passage of scripture he was reading. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before it shared his silence, so he didn't open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was taken away from him. Who can tell the story of his descendants because his life was taken from the earth? The Ethiopian asked Philip, Starting with that passage, Philip proclaimed the good news about Jesus to him. As they went down the road, they came to some water. Look, water. What would keep me from being baptized? He ordered that the chariot halt. Halt. I say halt. We found that in an ancient manuscript. Both Philip and the Ethiopian went down to the water where Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Lord's Spirit suddenly took Philip away. The Ethiopian never saw Philip again, but the Ethiopian went on his way rejoicing. (laughs) Philip found himself in Azotus. He traveled through that area preaching the good news in all the cities until he reached Caesarea. This too is the word of the Lord. We're going to do a bit of some interaction during this Sunday's sermon, and I think Don's going to help me with a bit of a roving mic at some point in the next few minutes. So, again, we're, we're returning to an era where we haven't interacted on a Sunday morning like this. So, look out, world. 
We want to stay in, in, in the mood of this story, this fantastic, surprising story. And I want you to ask yourself, can you think of some great surprise moments in your life? Surprise moments. Try to think of one or two surprise moments. I thought of a couple this week. One was me, 10 years old, Christmas Day. I had been wanting a ski suit with a red, bright red top and bright red snow pants with this lovely blue stripe across the middle. And I knew that my mom and dad could not afford this fantastic ski suit from Woodward's. Do you remember Woodward's, everybody? But it turned out that my brother, who was just four years older than me, bought the ski suit for me for Christmas. And so can you imagine the surprise on my face opening that present and seeing the ski suit? It was a fantastic surprise. This same brother, many years later, also surprised me in a crazy way. He phoned me. We were living in Lethbridge, Alberta at the time. His two sons were 17 and 15 years old, and he phones me and he says, Hey, bro, I got something to tell you. I'm like, what? Like, his voice was just so intense and so serious. He said, I'm not going to mention my... Uh, a sister-in-law's name, uh, but basically, my wife and I are pregnant. What? <laughs> uh, that was quite a shocker. My older sister's here today, and she was, she admits that that was a shocker as well, right? We were like, what? We thought Ryan, the youngest child, had, had brought the youngest kids into our family line, and now he's trying to outdo me. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> And now, 70 years years later, my niece is alive and well. Okay, surprises. Roving Mike, we want to hear one or two surprises from you. It can just be a simple surprise. Tell us more. Like there's a hand there. I woke up on Sunday morning. Your first bicycle bought by your brother. Oh, my brother. The key was hanging right above my head. It was the first one. With his feet in the mud. Well, they're brothers today. That's fun. One more? One more? Surprise? story? Right up here, up front. Oh, no. Okay. We're, we're going round. <laughs> Moved into our house in January and it was still very wintry. And when it started to thaw, our girls started playing with the girls next door. And one day the mother came over to pick up her daughters and it was Karen's 
when we're best friends from nursing school with living right next door to us. <laughs> what a great surprise. Surprise stories are usually accompanied by, are you kidding me? <laughs> or phrases like, this is too good to be true, or unbelievable, right? Um, okay, let's take our surprise vibe and take it into today's story. If you have your cute Bible on page 131 in the New Testament section, our story starts at the bottom of the right hand there. It's Acts 8, verse 26. You don't have to open up your Bible. Maybe you can just remember our multi-voice reading. And what surprised you in today's story? What surprised you? What made you say, are you kidding me? Or, that's unbelievable. Or maybe, that's too good to be true. I'm just going to give you 30 seconds to, to collect your thoughts and maybe pick out a surprise or two because I'm going to share some of the surprises I thought were there in the story. And then, again, we'll come with you over here and get a few more surprise stories from you all. Angels speaking to humans? That's a surprise. Telling Philip to go to a lonely road in the heat of the day? What's up with that? And on this lonely road, Philip meets this super rich Ethiopian, who's basically probably one of the richest people in Ethiopia, as he manages all the finances for the Candace, the queen. Maybe the Ethiopian's surprised at a jogger coming by his chariot. <laughs> and then Philip's surprised. He's like, surprise, I'm reading my Bible. Which for Philip, he's like, wow, that seems too good to be true because I'm telling people about Jesus based on the Old Testament readings. Surprise. So there's this surprising hospitality. There's the surprising invitation where this rich Ethiopian takes in this lowly servant <laughs> whose, whose most recent job was waiting on tables in Jerusalem. Surprise! And then, of course, this oasis in the desert. Like, what? Surprise! And then Ethiopian organizes his own baptism service. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then Philip disappears. What? This, you can't really tell from the text, but basically he comes up from the water and then he's teletransported like 20 to 30 kilometers away in Azotus. So time travel in the Bible, it's true. Um, how about this one? As I was studying this week, where's verse 37? Like we were joking about adding to the text. Where's verse 37? Verse 36 jumps straight to verse 38. Surprise! All you Bible literalists that say every word is inerrant and true, what happened to the word? Okay. I want to hear surprises from you. 
Doc, what is surprising you in today's story? And maybe you're going to echo one of my surprises. That's great. But let's share two or three surprises. Oh, and while, while you're thinking about that, why verse 37 isn't there is because in some manuscripts in the early church, uh, some of the writers added a verse that basically said, Philip saying, oh, of course you can be baptized if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they were so, the thinking is that some of the writers and manuscript writers were just so blown away that Philip didn't say anything. They decided to plop something in for verse 37. So other translations over the years have said, well, that doesn't really fit into the trajectory of the story. So that's where verse 37 went. Tell me a surprise or two. Run, Philip, run. Run, Philip, run. Excuse me, like a pop quiz. Yeah. Dog wishes she was being teletransported this morning. Surprise. Um, just radical, inclusive, love of God in Christ that just breaks down the barriers and walls of other. Um, it's always amazing to me how what you think is a, a closed door is. It's always and God's forgiveness and all that stuff is just always really accessible to the Thank you. That's great. One more surprise? Anyone? Oh, we have a foyer surprise.
this is very hospitable. And uh, it surprised me because she was listening to Whitney Houston sing Amazing Grace. And she asked me, what's grace? But at that point, I just <laughs> said to God, okay, I don't know what to say, so just take over. I don't know what Blackie was saying. We were always unable to speak, proselytize. But the surprise is that, who Whitney Houston? <laughs> That's great. Thank you for those surprise stories. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit in the story of Acts, pushing, shaping, and energizing. And I think that's what our stories are telling even today, that the Spirit is on the move, pushing us forward, pushing us out, shaping our community of faith, just like the Spirit was shaping the early church in those first few years. And then energizing. God doesn't leave us on our own to do this work, but we believe that the Spirit of the living Christ empowers us to do this good and gracious and hospitable helping work. And so I like how you put it, the Spirit surprising us, but then also nudging us. And that's how I want us to to lead the story today. In the midst of the surprise, in the midst of the, wow, God, this seems too good to be true. Let's be bearers of that good news. We've talked about it over the past few weeks. What does it look like to be bearers of gift and grace? Let's add surprise to that. The way that God's surprising us in these days, how might we share that with people that we work with, that we play with, that we socialize with, strangers that we meet in the city or at local events, how might we share and be the good news of Jesus? And so those surprises are about welcome, hospitality, and God's grace, and God calling us to these places of radical welcome, radical care, radical compassion. I like how the Ethiopian leaves this story. We read that he's rejoicing. And in the stories of the early church, there's um, stories of this being the first Ethiopian missionary who went to the ends of the earth. Like Acts 1 verse 8 said, you will go to the ends of the earth. And at this time for the early church, in their understanding of the world, an Ethiopian who's a part of Africa, would have been the ends of the earth. And so he goes on his way rejoicing. And that's been so great to feel and hear and sense those stories in the gospel, or sorry, in in the stories of the Acts of the Apostles. So we'll close with another passage from Isaiah. We heard from Isaiah 53 earlier. If you go a couple sections further in your Bible, you'll hit this great verse that says, You shall go out with joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And we can't close with that reading and not feel like, And all the trees of the field will clap their hands.
Go out with Joe.